Hey guys, it's me again, Tim, the narcissist. Um, so I wanted to talk about Josh Gordon, who's a football player, who's been dealing with addiction for pretty much his entire, it looks like his entire childhood and his entire adult life. And, um, you know, he's been a, a, a figurehead of addiction because he's like a, a famous person and he's playing football and everybody's like, he's throwing away his football career, how can he do that? You know, he has a great life ahead of him. He shouldn't be doing this stuff. And, you know, I have a lot of ideas about this because, um, you know, drug addiction is pretty prevalent in America and as well as in the um, African-American community. Um, I think a lot, like, when I hear a lot of people talk, they always say about how their family members, they have family members who, who are addicted to drugs or who, who died from drug abuse and drug addiction. And, of course, I have family members as well who have dealt with addiction and I've dealt with my own sorts of addictions and problems and you know I wouldn't say yeah I would say definitely problems with you know drinking alcohol um, I've used to drink a lot and I've toned down a, you know a lot because you know my life was going down a very very bad um, avenue um, I think I have a little bit, I have more control over it now, like I don't drink as much, and when I do go out and drink, I don't get drunk like I used to get drunk, so I think I've done a good job of um, controlling that aspect of my life, but um, a lot of people, you know, say, just stop doing it, just stop doing drugs, and sometimes I feel like the same way, I feel like it's, you can just stop, you know, and I know a lot of people say it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, and I know it's hard, and I'm still on the fence about whether or not a person can just stop doing drugs. You know what I'm saying? So I used to work in a um, place where they used to do, we used to do with this place, the uh, drug is called Suboxone, which is like basically for people who are addicted to heroin, who wants to stop taking heroin. And they would come in and would get the medication because it would like stop the receptors from taking, if you took heroin after you take Suboxone, it wouldn't get you high. So the, the, the ideal of it was just to, you know, if you take Suboxone, then you take heroin, you realize it's not getting you high, then you won't want to take heroin anymore because, you know, heroin is a bad drug. And um, whenever I see somebody who came in with heroin, like on heroin addiction, like, or like withdrawn from heroin, it was like the most, they also tell me it's the most uncomfortable feeling in the world. They just felt like they wanted to die. Like, they felt like they were going to die because they couldn't, like, their bodies just responded in a way that was so uncomfortable that they couldn't, they just couldn't get out of it. And, of course, they give you all these medications to kind of calm the symptoms, and then, you know, eventually you get a little bit better, like, the um, withdrawal isn't as bad, but once you get, uh, you know, if you get out of the rehab or out of the hospital, you go back out to where you belong, where you live at, and... You know the temptations right there so a lot of times we would get the patients who will come in after they get leave the rehab unit and we will start them on the medication and the success rate wasn't as good as we would hope it could be because a lot of people were taking the suboxones or selling it to their friends or taking suboxone and using heroin on top of the suboxone or you know doing other drugs that you know, on top of heroin, on top of Suboxone. So you'll you'll stop doing heroin, but you'll like sniff cocaine or you'll smoke marijuana. And a lot of people don't nowadays, especially, are not, are not considering marijuana as like a drug. 
So you'll ask a person, hey, do you, you know, do you do any drugs? They'll say no. And then you'll go down a list and they'll be like, yeah, I smoke weed, but that's just, you know, because for medicinal purposes, whatever. So whether or not you have a marijuana, medical marijuana card, people are not considering marijuana like this drug that's like a drug of abuse. So um, this guy, I don't know if he was doing anything else, Josh Gordon, a football player. I don't know if he was doing anything more than just marijuana, but he was been he kept getting busted in the um in the drug program from in the NFL and he kept getting caught with positive drug tests and he kept getting suspended so um you know of course the public's going to know about it because you know the NFL's a very public league and everybody's you know going to talk about it and everybody has that have their idea about what it is that he should be doing to keep his NFL career you know intact because you know you make a lot of money in the pro sports and of course you know here in America the more money you make the you know it's all about status so if I'm making five million dollars a year my status of course is higher than somebody who's making forty fifty thousand dollars a year it's just the way it is socioeconomic status in America is what this life is all about out here and I think that's key I think that's true for everywhere in the world like the more money you have the better your life is and the easier your life is which is which is true because you know, money became like the the, the symbol. The, the money became a system of, of of wealth in America, like paper dollars. So, anyways, this guy's a football player and he's been getting tested positive for drugs. And everybody's feeling like either they feel angry towards him because he shouldn't be throwing away his football career, or they feel sorry for him because he can't stop taking the drugs. And I mean, like in our lives, we don't really see professional football players on drugs because we don't know that many professional football players but we do know regular people who are in our lives that that are on drugs or that are addicted to drugs and the 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 way that people are looking at drug abuse for him but not looking at the way drug abuse is is in the poor communities is it is like it's a very it's like a it's a different it's a different way of looking at it you know what i mean so i'm like you know, in my in my opinion, like drug abuse should be the first and foremost topic on everybody's mind because drugs can kill and drugs can also determine your quality of life. And you know, I have um an uncle who died of his liver failure because he was like, you know, he drank a lot and he used drugs and he ended up dying at like fifty nine years old because of that and you know He's like he's gone, and but like during his whole life, you know, he did what he had to do. But it wasn't like there was this whole big social awareness towards my uncle Jimmy using drugs or drinking alcohol, you know. And we we need to stop him, or we need to like call somebody and see if we can get him some help or put him send him to rehab. You know, there was none of that. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, you know, he did what he had to do, and then eventually it caught up to him. And I think that's where most of the people who I've seen what happens to them when when they when they continue to use drugs or drink alcohol um throughout their entire lives they end up just like you know they'll waste away at an early age and then they die and then it's like oh he used to do drugs like oh okay but those people never get talked about after that you know what I'm saying like you don't go to a school and talk tell kids hey this this person that you knew died of drugs or alcohol you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't hit well with... It doesn't hit hard in the schools. Like, I was in a program called Smart Moves. 
And um, Smart Moves is basically a program that says they know the drugs, say no to alcohol, and say no to premature sex. And, you know, when you're a kid, you know, you get free hot dogs and, and free juice, and you're like, yeah, this is what's up. Let's go hang out with a bunch of kids in the basement and talk about drugs, alcohol, and premature sex. And it didn't, it didn't scare me. You know what I'm saying? Like, the program wasn't, wasn't there. I think it was there to educate. I think they, they, they meant well. But it didn't scare me when I was, like, an adult and I started being around the stuff. You know what I mean? So drug education for, ch- for children, it wasn't like, oh, my God, this guy died from drug abuse. Like, we didn't even talk about that part of it. We just talked about, you know, it's wrong, it's bad, it's whatever. We never, like, sat there and went to, like, a hospital where a person was, you know, ODing off of heroin and what it looked like for him to be ODing off of heroin. And I don't even know if that would scare you as well, but... You know, it's just kind of like, hey, drugs are bad. And then that was like pretty much the most of the program, like most of what the program was all about. So when I became an adult or like a, you know, a later on, later, later teenager, you know, I did my thing. Like I was around cigarettes, I was around weed, I was around alcohol. And those are the major things that I picked up when I was, you know, when I started growing up. And at the time, you don't think nothing of it because you're like, you know, everybody's out here doing it. And it's fun, and you're and you're socializing. You know, I think socialism socializing has a lot to do with it. And I think if you're socializing in a group and everybody's out there smoking weed and nobody's like telling you, no, don't do that because you're gonna die from like emphysema or you're gonna die from cancer. You know, since weed is like one of those drugs that nobody knows the side effects of them of it, you, you just kind of like do it, and then you end up, you know, that's and that becomes a habit of yours. Cigarettes, you know, people know the side effects of cigarettes, and I think that's become a major topic of, of like, how... I think cigarettes have been less prevalent lately. I don't see as many people smoking cigarettes. I think cigarettes is, like, have become, like... Cigarettes have become, like, the ostracized um, drug because, you know, if you see a person smoking cigarettes and you don't smoke, you're like, ugh. But like I said before, I used to smoke cigarettes, and now I'm in a, in the, in a part of my life where I'm like, cigarettes are disgusting, and I don't want to do that anymore. As well as weed, like I don't smoke weed anymore because I'm like, to me the side effects of weed was um, I didn't like the way it felt afterwards. You know, I would get nauseous, I would get sick, and I didn't like the way it felt, so I stopped smoking weed like years ago as well. So I still like to drink, and and occasionally I'll get drunk and I'll, you know, let loose. And you know, looking back on the times when I've been drunk recently, I'm like, ugh, I probably shouldn't be doing that anymore because, you know, for some reason I can. I can look back on my on my drunk days and I'm like, damn, that look that's a bad look. You know what I'm saying? So I, I I and me personally, that's how I've learned how to control my habits of drinking or smoking or smoking marijuana. Now other people don't look back on themselves in those drunk or, or high moments and say, damn, that's a bad look. So most of the time, I think a person will just, like, do it because it it masks some kind of pain or you're just used to it. And, you know, maybe you're not, like, aware of how you are behaving in those situations. And even if somebody tells you, yo, you're a jerk when you're drunk or you're, you know, you're kind of silly when you're high. Like, it doesn't have the effect as actually seeing it for yourself. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if, even if, like, and I don't know if people actually go back into their drunk or high days and say, damn, that was a crazy time. I shouldn't be doing that anymore. And if you are stuck in addiction or if you are stuck in getting drunk or high, 
you know, sometimes looking at yourself during those moments will, will help bring clarity to about who, what kind of person you want to be. And, like, I don't know, like, I've never, I've never done heroin before, so I don't know how it is to be high off of heroin. I've seen people high and you, you get the nod and you're just kind of like, you're just kind of slump and you're asleep. And a person who has done heroin will tell you that's the best high ever. You know, or when you're on coke, you're like, you know, you're hopped up and you're, you feel like you have a, the energy of like 10 men. And I know a lot of people, they would go to clubs on cocaine and they just felt like invincible. But like, you don't actually see how you really look in those environments. Like nobody's ex- ever taken a video camera. Well, I've seen people, you know, there's a couple of videos out on, the, on social media where the women were um, working at a cash register and they were both, you know, they was on it and they were slumped and they were nodding. And that and that became viral, and but it was more to make fun of them, like ha ha, look at these, like look at these heroin addicts. Now I don't know if the video got back to them, and they looked at themselves and they say, Jesus Christ, that's horrible. Let me make changes to my life. But for most people, you're not like when you're on that, when you're doing drugs, you're not actually videotaping yourself doing it. You're not actually videotaping yourself on them, and. A lot of times you don't even know how you look to yourself. Like maybe the world doesn't like if the world don't doesn't matter to you, like how you look to the world, how you look to yourself when you're doing that. Maybe that can like create some kind of um set set some light about why you're doing this and why and maybe you shouldn't be doing this because you know it it looks horrible and like and the side effects of those drugs, you know they're pretty bad. Like cocaine causes like heart problems, heart failure, high blood pressure. Heroin just breaks down your whole body, like your whole all your systems just break down. So it's not like just being high is is a side effect, you know. How you look isn't the only side effect, but also the fact that it's breaking your body down. And then the addiction itself takes over all aspects of your life as well. So like like I don't know, like you can't work if you can't, if you're just too busy worrying about where you're going to get your fix, you know, you can't make money for yourself. And it's, it's like your life is just, your life is pretty much controlled by the drugs. And I mean, I know a lot of people who've coming out of, who came out of addiction and those stories are awesome, but there's so many people who actually start taking the drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like so many people still are starting to take drugs. Like starting heroin, like how, like out of all the education we know, a person will still say, "I just started taking heroin because of I was in pain, and the pain was so bad, and I couldn't get any more pain medication, so heroin was cheap and it was easy, and I just took it because it was right there, and that's how I became addicted to heroin." So, if that's like. The beginning of addiction was when you was pain for a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Like we need to address that situation as well, because a lot of times people are in pain, and it could be chronic, and but it still feels like it feels horrible, and nobody wants to be in pain. And you know, when you're in pain, you just wanted to get out of it, and whatever it takes to get out of that pain, you're gonna do that. So. We could talk about pain and like what it means to each individual person, each individual person. Now, pain is uh is definitely something that's subjective. Like I can have a 
a stomach ache and I might be like, I got a little tummy ache. Somebody else can have a stomach ache and they could be like, yo, my stomach is on fire. I need something for this. I got to get out of this pain. Or I could twist my ankle. Like sometimes I'll play basketball and I'll like, you know, I'll hurt my body and I'll take a couple of Motrin. And some people might play basketball, hurt the body, and they're taking Percocets or Oxys or whatever. And the difference between what, how you want to get out of your pain, what do you do to get out of your pain, is, is determines what kind of drug you're going to take. Now, what I've learned about pain is that pain is, is, is a part of life. A lot of people have pain temporarily. But how you deal with that pain can determine your, you know, your quality of life as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, your response to pain determines everything about how you go about your day. So, say if I have, like, a little, if I have a headache, you know, I can go around with a headache, and I'm like, I have a headache, and I could just take it, you know, take it as what it is. I have a headache, I'm going to chill, but it doesn't really affect me that much. It's not going to affect my day. And I might be able to, like, control that symptom just by, you know, going to the source of the pain. Now, there's a, there's a, um, there's cognitive behavioral um, therapy that focuses on pain. And a lot of times we can use that to um, help get out of the pain or at least mask or at least soothe the pain. So cognitively, you have to actually go to the source of pain, accept the source of pain and, and stay there mentally. I have a headache. So if you have a headache, you have to like accept the headache. You know what I'm saying? What the head? What does it feel like? Is it throbbing? Is it aching? Is it burning? Does it shoot to your um, radiate down your neck, down to your arm? So I remember one time I actually did the trick. It was um, it was a it was a treatment. So what you do is you go to the source of the pain and you sit there with it and you and you acknowledge what it feels like, exactly what it feels like, not pain, but what does it feel like and where is it located. And you stay there, and you actually repeat it to yourself. All right, my head's throbbing, my head's throbbing, my head's throbbing. And it's in the temple, and it's throbbing, and it's throbbing, and it's in the temple. And you sit there, and you breathe through that. You go through the pain. Don't fight the pain. Go through the pain. You know what I'm saying? Like, people get upset when they get pain. So you have an emotional response to it, and then it turns into, oh, God, I need to get out of this. But if you actually go through the pain, I mean, be be with the pain. Be one with the pain. So when the pain is there, it's like it's just a part of the day. It's not like it doesn't determine your life. It's just a part of the day at this particular moment. So a lot of times you just sit there and you would breathe and you close your eyes, or if you don't have, to, if you don't close your eyes, just just be with it for a minute and just say, okay, it's throbbing, it's throbbing, and don't take it personally. Don't take it. Don't make it about anything but what it is, and that's just. It's my the throbbing sensation in my head is right now, and that's it. Don't make it about how you feel about it. You know what I'm saying? So just be there and just be like, all right, it's throbbing, it's throbbing, the temple's throbbing, and just stay there for a while and breathe. And breathing is very important because you breathe, breathe, breathe. Breath gives life. So when you breathe through something, you're giving life to it, but you're also causing. You're you're, you're acknowledging that it's there. So when you acknowledge that it's there, then it doesn't become a problem, and then you could just like breathe through it, and you can and 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 the oxygen helps heal things, you know. 
So when you're breathing, you're acknowledging it. You're saying, all right, throbbing, it's throbbing. I'm breathing, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, it's throbbing. All right, now it's in my right ear. I feel it in my right ear. Not emotionally, just what it feels like. Don't ever get emotional about pain. Just be there with it because it doesn't, because it can't control you if you don't let it. And it can't affect you if it doesn't, if you don't let it. And because it's nobody's fault that it's happening, it's just happening. You know what I'm saying? There's no why this is happening to me. Don't personalize it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to separate yourself from your body in order to heal your body. So yourself is your spirit or your emotions or your, or your you know, your thoughts. You know, those are separate from the physical body. And I think the physical body can be healed based on how you control your, your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts. So you can think your way through something and you can you can take your emotions and turn them into positively positive um, situations by just being able to understand that pain is not something that's that's happening to you. It's just a part of the a part of the day right now. You know what I'm saying? It's just a part of like right now the head is throbbing. So I can just go through that. I'm like the head is throbbing, it's throbbing. And you don't have to say please stop throbbing, just acknowledge it. You know, and then eventually it would just like it would ease up. It won't affect you as much because you know it's there. You're not responding to it, so you'll just let it do its thing, and then you can move on. You know, and I hope this is helping because I I don't know if I'm explaining myself correctly, but I'm a I'm gonna go deeper into it some other time. But I just want to let you know, like when you have pain, don't fight it, don't get mad about it, don't get upset about it. Just go through it. Accept it as a part of the body Because it's not your mind It's not your soul It's not your spirit It's not something that's that's happening to you As like the universe isn't punishing you With the pain It's just a part of what's going on in the moment Because the body is a vessel And, and there's signals in the body That we can't control And some of those signals Like pain is a signal that we can't control But once we get through the pain But we can go through it and then it will go away you know what I'm trying to say? So the initial symptom of pain, we can't control it because it comes, it can just, you be sleeping and then you sleep the wrong way and all of a sudden your neck's hurting. Like you didn't control, you can't control that your neck is hurting, but you can control how you feel about it. And once you go through it, like everything else, it, it eventually will heal. Unless it's something that's broken. If it's a broken arm, then the, the pain is there to tell you, all right, your arm is broken, you need to go take this, get, get this looked at. But if it's a headache, or if it's like, you know, your back is sore, and you know you didn't, like, fall or crack your vertebrae or anything, then you can just be like, all right, my back is sore. Let me just go through it. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, low back pain is is, is not like, um, like, once you realize, if you feel like that there's, like, herniated discs, and those are affecting your life, and you need to get, like, physically manipulated, you can do that. You don't have to have a... Because a drug is only masking the pain. It's not fixing the problem. You know what I'm saying? So the same way a drug can, like, mask your pain, the same, you could do the same thing that, that the drug is doing. But if it's like... A, if you know, like, I have a herniated disc. And you know that there's physical treatments that can be done to help you fix the herniated disc. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be, take this Percocet, I'm just going to, like, accept the herniated disc... 
and when the pain comes I'm gonna like just take medication because I don't like the pain but I'm not trying to address the real root of the problem if that makes sense to you so anyways I'll um I'll stop there I don't like to go too long because I don't I think people lose focus after a while and I'm losing focus myself but I did want to talk about that so I'll hit you up later bye